No one knew Meghan Markle. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, hello listeners. My name is Kirsten Cable and today I'm here with my lovely co-host Lindsay Williams all the way from another different corner of Milton Keynes and she'll tell us a little bit more about that. And it's big episode, bumper episode, so we're going to crack on very soon. Today we are talking about the words of the year, but we've also got some celebrity news and gossip for you, language related, of course, and a language Christmas book tip. Oh, Lindsay, you ready for all that? I think so. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we haven't spoken podcast-wise mm. since the start of October when we had our 200th episode how have you been? What's new? Yes, a lot is new, I guess. <laughs> um, so we've moved house since then. That's probably the big thing, which finally happened after months and months of going back and forth and round and round. We're in. It's done. It's over. Phew. So that was good because it happened days before they added in like another tier. Um, and we were busy unpacking and then get a phone call like, oh, so you're going into tier four. We're like, that's not a tier. You've made this up. What? Um, so yeah, that was a bit manic and then yeah. had this like unexpected Christmas in our new home. Cause we'd planned as we'd been told by the government, we'd be allowed to do to go and spend it with, um, family for that one day. Didn't happen obviously. So we were here, which was quite nice. I think in retrospect, because you know, it was very chilled. It was yeah. very relaxed. New house. There's always pressure with Christmas, isn't there? Mm, I felt you know? a lot of pressure this year, even though we didn't go anywhere. Really? We knew we weren't going anywhere. Yeah, I hate. I didn't like Christmas Day. Not hated it, but Aww. I really, I struggled with that particular day. I don't know. It's yeah. it's difficult anyway because Germany does Christmas Eve, Christmas. Oh, okay. So I'd already spoken to my parents on Christmas Eve, and they were sort of together with my brother and his his girlfriend. Aww. And I, my mom doesn't like video calling, so it was a little bit like, yeah, okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> and then, you know, like the conversation was over and I'm like, okay, I guess that was my family Christmas then. Uh, yeah. 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. And then Christmas Day was, I, I was just a bit of a, um, a bit of an emotional ball of emotion. But then I went for a six, seven, like a long walk, six, seven mile walk um, yeah. on my own. And that just uh, evened me out and it was much, much, much better after that. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Boxing Day must be like a regular nightmare for you if you like your kind of German brain is like yeah Christmas Eve whoa but it's time <laughs> to get to Boxing Day <laughs> every year you must just be thinking come on it's over now Christmas no I don't know I like Boxing Day because all Do the pressure's you? off and then you can just chill right. I love ah. I'm a big fan of like my mum calls it between the years and I've heard it called Twix Twixmas Twixmas uh-huh and I've heard a different chill chillmas people have called it this year which is when yeah. Christmas is over, but you're not into the new year yet, and you know nobody's kind of doing anything. I'm a huge fan of that period. Are you? I kind of love and hate that week. On the one hand, it's like best week of the year. On the other hand, least favorite week of the year. Because you don't want to really start something, but then, then you're like, well, 
I just, I guess I just, nah, I guess I'll just do this. Nah, nah. It's always a bit bitty, but it was nice actually having that this year. Mm. I was very grateful for the Twixmas. Twix, like Twixmas, yeah, yeah. That, that didn't make it into word of the year and neither did tears. So for our non-UK no. listeners, the COVID restrictions in the UK were organized into different tiers. So they were trying to um, give tier one re- regions um, an easier time than like tier three. Then they realized tier three wasn't harsh enough. They invented tier four and now we're back in a lockdown anyway. So life, life, life so is life. <laughs> She says with a sarcastic thumbs up. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's working great. (laughs) Uh, Lindsay, did you get anything linguistic for Christmas? I did. And then I spotted that you tagged me in your Facebook group and someone else has got it for Christmas. And it has honestly, that in between week, this is what I spent my evenings doing. So it's a book. It's called The Language Lover's Puzzle Book. The Language Lover's Puzzle Book. Uh, Like word searches and stuff? No. So it's kind of like... Ah, oh, how can I describe? It's like nothing I've ever seen before. It's there's like chapters on things like family and um, numbers and ancient writing systems and you know kind of broad sort of topics like that. And then you've got oh, there's a there's a chapter on um, Celts and kind of like Celtic languages. So mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. yeah, you'd be into that. There was a question about Welsh. Ooh. And then each activity is very different though. So you have some, like in the family one, there was like a question about like um Burmese names. And it was like in in uh, Myanmar there is a naming system from this table of like the days people were born, the dates, their first name. Can you guess when these five people were born and what oh, their names mean or whatever? Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Oh, it reminds me of Babel, Babel magazine. And uh-huh. they have this sort of, they have, they've always got a quiz. They've always had like, a, like an activity in. Um, and one time it was, here are, here is a map with all the cities of Georgia in Georgian script. Yes. Figure out the script. Here are a few letters get going. Um, and it was really interesting because you can sort of figure, like you can look them up on a map. You can go, okay, so that's Tbilisi. How do I, you know, that must be a T. It, let's assume it corresponds yeah. to Latin and then work around that. And oh, good brain teasers. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun because it's a really interesting way to kind of start looking at languages that maybe you know a little bit about, maybe you've never really come across before or learnt before and you can kind of, you know, it's not like, okay, hello, goodbye, please, Mm -hmm. thank you. It's like, okay, let's just plunge right in. Let's do a quiz. (laughs) And see what you you can figure out. And I love doing that anyway, that kind of figuring outness of language, almost that kind of code breaking involved with it. So yeah, this was a very well appreciated gift. That yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like that sounds like a really good like because like you, I think people just people when they look for gifts, like and for a lot of our listeners, it'll be the same when people look for gifts for you, they look for something linguistic, something language related. Uh-huh. And that sounds like a really, really good one. Yes. I got, I, I thought I didn't have anything for this uh, category, uh, Christmas gifts for linguists. And then my friend's parcel arrived and she got me a Christmas gift and it's called, um, it's, it's German. It's, so it's actually made by a German publisher in, in German. Uh, you can't get the English version of this, but if, you know, someone's a German learner or if you're just interested in language, I think it would still be fun to get it. It is called, 
100 Karten über Sprache, 100 Maps about language. And Ooh. it's this sort of atlas. And it doesn't take itself like that seriously. It's, it's pretty, it's just pretty fun. So it's like not quite a toilet book, but more like a coffee table book. Mm. And it's just, I, I really, really liked it. So it's like it, some pages are just um, a word in German that's a homophone or a word in German that, that the German word Kiefer means uh, a, a type of fir tree. But then it also means jaw. And you just get two pages with lovely illustrations and it says Kiefer and there's a picture of a tree and then Kiefer a picture of I think a shark eating the tree <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and it's just this really cute. But then there are really interesting, informative things there, things there as well. Like um, this is where all the country names come from or this is, you know, how they – like animal sounds in each country. It's a bit meme Um But it's – yeah, some of it is really well-informed. Some of it, it has like the literacy rates in different countries. And there was one that I thought was really interesting. It's like – how many grammatical genders the language has in various different places. And it really looks at, like, it really gives you dots, like seven dots um, that they've picked out from, for example, the USA on the map, but they're indigenous languages that ah. might have no gender, might have seven genders. Uh, I just, yeah, I was fascinated all throughout. It's a really lovely thing to to go through. So if you're a German learner or if you just happen to speak German, 100 Karten über Sprache. Nice. Mm, nice. Yes. I've put them all in the show notes. And uh, just in case you don't know, show notes, fluent.show slash 202 for this episode. Now, Lindsay, let's move into the news. And I don't mean everything's on fire and we also have a pandemic. <laughs> I was going to say, are you sure? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, we each have a news article that is like celebrity woman news. <laughs> And mine's a little bit flimsier, so I'll start. Um, I have long looked for an excuse to talk about Wagatha Christie on this podcast. And there was just something that I thought was really interesting about this, um, which is about kind of social media and kind of about the how one word can change everything. So if listeners aren't aware, Wagatha Christie, how do we... Help me out. Where to begin? Where to begin? I think it was maybe like a year and a couple of months ago at this point, right? When this all yes. started? And yeah. I remember there was some other miserable time. I don't know. There was. I think it was ah. in Brexit time or something. It was really, ah. I remember thinking this is the best news destruction I've had in absolute years. Yeah. Same with what I'm going to talk about as well. News destruction. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's called, we, we're calling it Wagatha Christie. So let's take that apart first. Of course, we know Agatha Christie is a crime author and sort of detective novels from the early 20th century. And a wag, Lindsay, what's a wag? <laughs> so wag British. This is super British. Is an acronym word mm -hmm. that stands for women, or oh, sorry, not women, wives and girlfriends. And it's used to describe the wives and girlfriends of footballers, typically in the UK, that would have a sort of very stereotypical footballer's wife and or girlfriend lifestyle. So there was a show in the early 2000s actually called Footballer's Wives. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? That maybe kind of started this as a stereotype, perhaps as a sort of genre. Mm -hmm. um, and then WAG kind of evolved from that. 
So around the time that you get people like Victoria Beckham and David Beckham, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, well, she is married to a footballer, but is she a wag? Because she does her own stuff and has her own job and whatever. The, the stereotype of a wag is like the a wife and girlfriend wife. of a footballer that, yeah, that kind of, you know, I, I'm not saying this, but this is the stereotype of it, is that they kind of don't do anything. They are the wife or the girlfriend. Like that is their. It feels their almost like d'etre. an early version of celebrity for celebrity's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which of course has to be directed at women. You know, if we're criticizing something and we're you know we're being dismissive, then let's start with the women. Um, hence the wives, wives and girlfriends. Mm. Okay, so we've explained Wagatha Christie. Now, what brought up the the Wagatha Christie acronym was that two of these. I guess in America, maybe it's a bit like the Real Housewives of somewhere. It's uh-huh. I, I imagine, but without the reality show, because this all happened um, decades earlier. So one of these ladies, Colleen Rooney, who is married to English footballer man Wayne Rooney. I thought you weren't going to get there then. <laughs> has, you out with that. <laughs> has had a friend called Rebecca Vardy, who is another lady married to Jamie Vardy who is also an English national footballer, right? So far, so so far, so accurate, I think. Yeah. Um, Colleen Rooney had problems with stories about her appearing in the Sun newspaper, that she didn't want to appear in the Sun newspaper. I'm calling it a newspaper. It's it's a rag. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, so in the tabloid press. And she couldn't figure out where... The journalists, the writers, the hacks, whatever, from The Sun were getting all of this information from about what was it, how she, how, they're adopt, how they're about to adopt a child or how they're about to buy a house or whatever it is. Um, she'd always read it about herself in the paper and go, "Where? how do you know this? This is my private life. So she decided to do a bit of social media investigation. So this is all background story. Uh, I apologize, but it's so good. And in this social media investigation, she didn't tell anybody about it until she did a dramatic reveal once she figured out the conclusion of her investigation. And this dramatic reveal, Lindsay, do you want to take it from here? Yeah. So this was on Twitter, I think, where she shared it, right? And she said, um, this has been happening. You know, I've been reading stories about me that have been, I've only been sharing to my private account. Um, I knew I couldn't trust someone. So I did some you know, testing. So she basically like blocked everyone apart from one person at a time and then would see when that's, if that story was in the press. Yes, <laughs> like on the, her Instagram, right? right? On her private this, Instagram. How long did this go on for? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> and she, so she determined, and in this, in this, in this original tweet, it was like, um, and dot, 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 it's Rebecca Vardy's account. That's it. And then it, this became an absolute, you, you would read this. And for some reason, she has a real writing flourish in it, yeah. right? It, it reads like a crime novel. She was like, and then I did I this. I think she's written books. No way. Really? Oh. I imagine like autobiography books. Mm, well, she's, she's got away with words. She really does. So it was all this stuff. And, and in the end, it was like, it, like Lindsay says, it ended with it. And there was only one person left who it could be. So proper, <laughs> proper Agatha Christie yeah. type mystery. It was dun, 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 Rebecca Vardy's account. So her friend, Rebecca Vardy, 
was the culprit, apparently, was leaking stories about her. Um, and the internet went mad. It was Rebecca Vardy's account became a meme. The sort of that line <laughs> <laughs> became a meme. Wagatha Christie was christened as a thing. And then we sort of, you know, it was it was very entertaining and everybody was really beautifully distracted for about a week. Um, I remember really excitedly telling my friend in America, because I'm like, I have to tell you this because I'm just I'm just living for this story right now. And then about a, three months ago, so a year after all of this happened, Lindsay, do you know it's popped up again or it popped up again in the news because Rebecca Vardy is suing Colleen Rooney. What, for defamation? For defamation, for libel. Right. Because, and the argument is, and this is why it's so interesting and I thought it just has sort of this linguistic relation is if you're reading it's Rebecca Vardy's account you think it's going to be Rebecca Vardy right okay but every celebrity tends to have a social media manager Mm. so Rebecca Vardy's argument is well it it said it's my account somebody else will have had the keys to my account therefore it wasn't me therefore and it, it's defamation, kind of, therefore I'm suing you. Therefore I'm suing you for libel. Question, question is though, did someone have access to her account? Don't know, because that wasn't news mm. relevant. Mm. <laughs> but See, that to me would be news relevant. That and determines, also, doesn't it? If somebody had the keys to your account, doesn't that then kill your libel case? Because oh, you can just say, yeah. oh, it was them. Right, if it was Rebecca Vardy's account. But I found it really interesting because, number one, in social media, we don't think about this, right? We all, you read, you read that and you were like, oh, Rebecca Vardy, you villain. Yeah. But we, I don't know, things are never what they seem. And I, I found it fascinating that one word could be powerful enough to build a whole court case around it. Yeah. That was my that celebrity news. Interesting. Beep, interesting. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> At risk of becoming, I guess there's a gap in the market now. The high low's finished. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we add this as a regular feature. But I do also have another news distraction story. Yeah. Okay. Which look, we live in hard eye. times. It's 2021 has not started <laughs> off as well as we might have hoped. So let's, let's bring him on. Let's spend good. ten minutes on on this. So. This caught my eye, I think, in that week that we were just talking about between Christmas, between New Year, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of, as this person prefers to call themselves, Ilaria Baldwin? No. Okay. Neither had I. Okay. She was born Hillary Baldwin, and she's married to Alec Baldwin of SNL Trump Impression and 30 Rock fame. And Coffees for Closers. Probably, yeah, probably more things as well if you're American. Um, but I'd never heard of her. But this this all came out because someone had, someone had tweeted, again, seeing a bit of a pattern here, um, that like you have to admire the 10-year-long grift or the decade-long grift of Ilaria Baldwin pretending to be Spanish. Right? So she's not Spanish. Well, there's then all these clips and things that emerge of like um, some agency that she worked with, or even I think it was her own website that was saying on the about page, born in Mallorca, Spain, da 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 da. And 
these then interviews where she's got this kind of accent going on and then a little interview clip where she's cooking and she forgets she's like oh and this how do you say in english cucumber that's it right where she forgets the word cucumber (gasps) she's a polyglot (laughs) (laughs) well this is what caught my eye because i'm like what of this is you know compounding evidence of like yes Mm -hmm. she's lying why she pretended to be spanish the the main a big big part of it was this changing accent mm. in different interviews over the years and things and then of course she came out and said you know my accent is something i'm very conscious of and something i've always you know when i'm when i'm nervous or stressed or tired or whatever it tends to change and i've always been quite um you know con- sort of conscious of that and and perhaps embarrassed and you then kind of think like okay i mean I guess, is that a thing? Because that's, again, coming down to linguistics, right? So this so is a, to... a binational, bilingual lady, right? Just to, just to set... Okay, so when, so when she also went, took to Instagram to try and, you know, control the situation, so we say, mm-hmm. she also said like, okay, this is my life. I was born in Boston. I spent a lot of time in Spain and in the US when I was growing up. And I moved to New York when I was 19, something like that, right? But when asked, what do you mean spent a lot of time in Spain? She refused to say, you know, she refused to quantify that. I Yes, I picked that out of the article because I think yes. um, it said she declined to explain in detail how frequently they traveled there or how long they stayed. I think yeah. it would be maddening to do such a tight timeline of everything. You know, sometimes there was a school involved, sometimes it was vacation. It was such a mix, mishmash, is that right word, like a mix of different things. And yeah. I feel like how, I really, I read that and I felt like how denigrating to this woman, how insulting to make somebody else explain their life. She doesn't own any instagram commenter some accountability i was quite offended on behalf of hilaria baldwin and this is this is why i wanted to talk about it because Uh, yeah on the one hand it's like if you're pretending to be something that you're not right that's your right that's mm, 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 i don't know right because then you fall into sort of rachel dolezal territory oh i mean she's not pretending to not be married to alex baldwin or something no, no, no. Okay, so this is this is what I'm saying, right? So if you're pretending to be something that you're that you're not, like Rachel Dolezal, like you know, claiming that she's black, that is clearly like, whoa, you've crossed the line there. Let's hang on, hang on. Let's let's hold back. Let's let's step back a little second. Mm. But mm. in terms of and and the other thing, the other thing as well with this is. How many people, and especially not necessarily native to Spain, Spanish speakers, but especially Spanish speakers, if we're talking about the US, how many people have emigrated or been born second, third generation into that country and felt like they need to hide their identity? Right? Oh, I know, but that's where it then gets really that's where it then gets really messy. But on the other hand, I feel kind of like you're saying, well, if someone has been born and then like grown up with these multiple influences, whether you were there on holiday for the entire summer every year or whether you went to school there or whatever, 
that is a very personal thing. Like your identity and like growing up bilingually in that way is very, in some respects, quite unique. And like, why should you have to define, like you say, you don't owe your, she doesn't owe her Instagram follower an explanation of her whole life story. And so that's why I wanted to talk about it because like, especially with the accent thing, I wanted to ask you as someone who is very like proficient, Mm-hmm. you know in in two languages and has lived a lot of your life probably would you say is it like 50 50 between england and germany at you this know point? i'm counting down i'm not counting down as in oh i can't wait but counting down as in that'll be funny uh it's not quite 50 50 yet but i am binational and f- for my intents and purposes bilingual although people would take issue with that as well whatever right so sorry, but, ask but, me what you were going to ask me. I was I was going to ask you particularly about the accent thing. Like, do you feel that your accent drifts, or do you feel sometimes you're kind of more German, or you forget an English word, and when you do, it feels more like people might point that out than if you did in German, or is there anything like that? Um, I um I find it much harder to speak German than English in. Um, in you know, I don't get German wrong. <laughs> I'm never going to lose my ability to speak German. When I speak German, people have remarked that I've got an English accent. Oh. I'm obviously never going around pretending to be a British person. But if, honestly, if I was to, for all intents and all intents and purposes, you know, like if I was to speak German with, I don't know if I have an English accent or whatever, but I'm pretty sure because you pick up sentence melody, right? One of the reasons I sound fairly authentic, authentic, whatever, fairly. Um, not, I don't stand out as a British speaker is because all of my work, word melodies, my sentence cadence and all that kind of stuff is Englishified, anglified. So when I speak German, all the words are right, but sometimes the melody is wrong. Oh, do you know what I mean? Melody. Okay. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And then I also will, there are lots of words that I won't know. And there are lots of, there are, when you've spent half your life here and half your life there, um, you, there's certain life-related vocabulary that you just don't have in, so yeah. in German, I don't have as much workplace vocabulary. I don't have any yeah. house buying vocabulary, yeah. you know? Uh, so I will often, I will speak, like, I have this friend who lives in America and we were chatting, we're both German. So we chat to each other in German, but then we have to throw in so many words where it's like, oh yeah, they've got the, you know, like, oh yeah, and then have some stimulus package and then gives das and das, because mm. We can't insta-translate into German. Um, every mm. year, like we did this last year, and we'll we'll do this again this year, <laughs> you know, with the words of the year in German. Some of them, I have to look them up and go, what is the context here? Because I don't live there. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, That's I was... the thing with these words of the year lists that we'll get to in a second as well. Like... They're so relevant. It's so context-based. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so I find, I don't know, I I read all of this, and there's another line in this article where I really felt like... Um, this lady okay so the woman who apparently made this a deal who posted about this Hilaria Hillary whatever who called her a grifter yeah um, I didn't realize that was an insult <laughs> if somebody called me a grifter yeah. I'd be like oh yeah that means I work out but it's not okay um, so see I'm still as foreign to English in a way I don't know okay so she said we're all bored and it just seemed so strange that no one had ever come out and said it and I'm like, right. that is year seven high school yeah. 
um, Mean Girls territory. Like, why? Why is it your business? Let the lady do the do the thing. I feel like I'm. I'm. I was surprised that there was a whole New York Times quite lengthy interview and article devoted to this, which to me didn't feel at all like cultural appropriation. It just felt like a person being being who they are and then being like people making a big deal out of it. Interesting. Yeah. Might be wrong though, but I mean, uh, listeners, please write in. There you go. We've got some. <laughs> it's not to a our celebrity gossip section. Yes, please write into celebrity gossip at fluent show. No, <laughs> it's hello at fluentshow.co.uk, and it would be interesting to hear your um, your opinions and your thoughts on this, especially if you are also maybe bilingual, bicultural. Um, maybe the world wants people to be one thing or the other, and it's hard mm. to be something in between. So, let's move on. Let's get to our words of the year segment, shall we? Because we spent a lot of time. This is going to be a long show, but Let's don't do worry, it. listeners. I'll I'll make a chapter marker so that you can skip celebrity news if you want to. Words <laughs> of the year. <laughs> I have got so many words of the year, and um, 2020 obviously has a theme or two, but there are still a few interesting language things to observe and i've kind of written down a short list for lots of them as well so shall we start with the english language how about that let's do it would you like to start in australia in america or in <laughs> or in the uk let's start in australia mm, oh they've got some good ones now in australia there's two shortlist makers that i found um or two list makers for, for the word of the year there's the Macquarie Dictionaries and then there's the Australian National Dictionary Centre and I'll start you off with Macquarie and amazingly their word of the year is not COVID related oh okay their word of the year is Karen huh have you been using the word Karen much no I <sighs> Because I'd, I, I'd feel really bad if my name... Everything like, is problematic. As, <laughs> as <some> <laughs> Isn't it just... I'd feel terrible if, if, if my name later in my life got like the meaning changed to become this kind of mean-spirited, horrible person that nobody likes, then I'd feel like, oh, but at the same time... There is something quite entertaining. I don't know if you've seen the This Morning segment about um, Karen, where they get some real-life Karens on to defend their name, and oh. it is just the most Karen thing. Like, oh, no. you know? So, yeah, I feel kind of terrible that it is someone's name, and people, even young people, because there's a Mean Girls character called Karen, who now would be, you know, not, you know, still probably under 30. Mm. If we're going by the age of the character, not the actor. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> it's fascinating that there is a type of behavior that yeah. we can all recognize as this sort of currentness. And I think there is there are two like branches, I guess. Um, and I'm really talking, I'm talking very, I'm trying to detach myself from this because my personal opinion is... Um, I don't really like it at all, and I would. I, I don't think I, I don't want to use it because I think it's a mean thing. But hey, yeah, yeah. But there is the there's the Karen who I think it's very in the US. There's the Karen with a race context, yeah, which I think hasn't been overused, from what I can mm. tell, and genuinely has 
given people a word to describe a particular type of behavior that is very harmful yeah and very irresponsible and very intolerant in itself right so so if somebody we've all seen the video i think of the lady in central park in new york (sighs) that that's just not okay and i think to in that way uh, because that is an insulting behavior in itself and really disrespectful and and harmful i'm kind of not so offended because somebody came up with this name for it oh oh but if you happen to be called karen yeah that's a different yeah so you feel if someone is doing something wrong or being mean then it's okay to be mean back no in a very basic sense no okay Uh, well i mean I th- yeah, I think it's mean. I think the I think the fact that it it's a sort of a name, and I think this sort of you know we've basically created a new stereotype, which is never fun, mm. never good. Um, yeah, no, I think it is mean, and I'm not the biggest fan of it. But at the same time, you can then use it. I don't mean to insult that particular person, but talk about isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's describing a yeah. behavior. That's what I meant. Yeah. Whereas if you're using... Okay, so I got this mug for Christmas from my mum. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I didn't even... She gave it to my husband, which is even more hilarious. Um, it says on it, uh, something like, I'll be fine in a minute. I just have to be dramatic first. Right. Which isn't my husband's behavior. It's my behavior, if anything. Um, we both have started calling this because it's sort of a cartoon, you know, like a cartoon mug. And this is really, I don't know. It's also not nice. We've both started calling it the Jane from Admin Mug. <laughs> right. <laughs> because Jane's a very common name. Um, and in this the, is what in happened the with Karen, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I, that's probably not okay. Yeah, but Jane from Admin is a, like, they're, they're lovely. Everywhere right. I've worked, there's been a Jane in Admin they've all, or in accounting, and they've always been really lovely. So Karen is, it doesn't mean she's lovely, right? Karen means... So there's this con- racial context one. God, we're spending too long on it. Okay, everybody settle in for a five-hour podcast. And then there's the, there's the non-racial context one, which I think is what you, in the UK, if you call someone a Karen, it's more about, that. that's the thing of the, like, the lady who demands to speak to the manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I start to think, well, that's just, why is that a lady in that stereotype? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like really feel it. If a man asked to speak to the manager, like, is that even a stereotype? A certain age of man with a certain hairstyle, you know? You mean a Gerald? Is it, though? I I don't know. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I thought you said Gerard. No, a Gerard. (laughs) Chewed up his nose. Sorry to all listeners who are called Gerald, Karen, Jane, or even Lindsay. (laughs) Do you know the smart speaker? This is, I'm going to give myself away here. Uh, one of the things I did over the holiday to relax is I downloaded The Sims 4, played The Sims uh-huh. 4 for a little bit. And um, The Sims 4 has got an item that you can buy. It's a smart speaker and it's called L I N slash Z. And when they act, want to activate it, all the Sims go, Lindsay. <laughs> and it's no like, way. Lindsay. Rah, 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 rah. And then Lindsay switches the music on and stuff. <gasps> Word of the year 2021. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Is it? (laughs) If my name's going to be taken for anything, I'll take that over, you know, the meaning of, the new meaning of Karen. True, true. (laughs) 
Yes. I mean, I, maybe there's something to the Karen being word of the year in particular that makes it that um, because it is controversial and because it is something that we talk about, right? So it's like the word of the year and we actually talk about the word of the year. And people are probably bored of Corona. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh we'll point. get. Oh, yeah, we'll get to Corona. Okay, so that's <laughs> Macquarie. Um, they had a really cool short list. So the, I've put loads of links in the show notes. And if you haven't listened to all of this, and if you want more word wordiness, um, one of their short list words was cottage core. I like that. Oh yeah. Okay, Taylor so Swift. there was. They have a special category called COVID words, and there's a people's <laughs> choice and a committee <laughs> choice. Okay, <laughs> the COVID words. <laughs> the people's choice and and oh i wonder what you make of this one it's uh covidiots cough oh. idiots covidiots oh wow was karen a people's choice as well do we just like i think karen was a people's choice people? yes i have a committee choice also i do get covidiot that it's fun i love it when words come together especially with with coronavirus when it was things like um quarantini things like that that's a good I one i like isn't it? it when you get a little boom new word portmanteau is that the word for it it is yes yes linguistics points <laughs> so covid yet yeah i like it i haven't used it yet um but i guess it's maybe a nicer thing is it a nicer thing to say than just like you egoistical rah 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 I guess it describes it's, something that we've never done before, which is before 2020, which is get angry at the people who don't stick to the rules in a pandemic where everybody's affected. Yeah, mm. I think that's it, isn't it? It's very new. It's very new. Yeah. The committee choice was Rona. Oh, I see. That must be quite Australian. See, I've heard in a sort of very British English sense, it referred to as Miss Rona. Miss Rona. And I, my personal favorite is Corona because it always makes me think of Gemma Collins. I don't know if you've seen the clip where she's like, keep washing the hands, boys. See you later. Corona. <laughs> I love it. Like a greeting. Oh. Corona. <laughs> like you could meditate to Gemma Collins. Never. She's a British reality star, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Don't know who that is, but I've heard one person say I've got like my yoga teacher, um, my Zoom yoga teacher. Because uh, everything's Zoom these days. Uh, he he was coughing a little bit and then he went, yeah, I've got the Rona, guys. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I've got the Rona. Seems to be, I have heard it said. So that's one of the many ways that you can say you've got COVID. Oh, and the Panny D is another one. I'm not, that's not a thing. I've never said it, but I've heard it. More what, more than in the Hilo podcast? I think I've seen it on one of my favorite Instagram pages is Love of Huns, Love where of I think Huns. I've seen the Panny D talked about on there and Miss Rona on there. Is it like, you okay, hon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, God, we're only on one. We're only on one. Listeners, I promise we're going to put chapters in this so you can skip around if you've, if your uh, podcast player supports chapters. So COVID and Rona. And uh, sorry, Miss Rona and Panny D did not make it into any shortlists that I have seen. Uh, but there, there is a committee choice. So let's quickly run through the committee choice, which is doom scrolling. Oh, uh, yeah. That's and a good word. That came through, I think the American Dialect Society had that shortlisted as well. Doom scrolling is a good word. And another thing I don't think we did as badly before. Maybe we did do this before. Mm, I like it, though, because it when something gets a name, you can then recognize it. Mm-hmm. 
when there's a word for something that is new like this, you can then recognize. So you could recognize in yourself before you might have just thought, oh, I'm just scrolling the news. And then now you're like, oh, this is doom scrolling. Oh, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So that's quite a good thing because then it's easier to try and separate yourself from that. Very true. Yeah. Very true. And it's yeah, the power the power of naming stuff is we've mentioned mentioned this a few times, and maybe that's the Karen effect as well. So Macquarie, yeah. heavy on the really good descriptive names. They had an honorable mention. I'm just gonna read out and then you can tell me if you if you can figure out what this is. Think Australia, think twenty twenty, honorary mention. Pyrocumulonimbus. Oh, okay. Uh clouds from fire. Yes, clouds formed that form above a heat source, above ah. an extreme heat source, because they had such bad fires. Yeah. In their summer, our winter. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the honorary mention. Now, let's quickly skip by the Australian National Dictionary Center, who I, I like this a lot because this feels like a really Aussie word. Like, I haven't heard anybody say this, but I can imagine Aussie saying it. Uh, their word of the year is ISO. 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 Yeah. Like ISO is short for isolation. Oh, okay. 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 And then apparently they do, they, apparently they, they, they coined lots of phrases so you can get the ISO kilos, you know, when you put on weight because you, you're not oh. getting out as much and you could do ISO baking and all that kind of stuff. So ISO seems very productive and not really used here at all, is it? No, I've never heard that. And you can, yeah, like you say, it's really, because it's short. It's really easy to tag into those kind of mm-hmm. doop, 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 those little, not quite portmanteaus, because I imagine ISO, I think of it with a little hyphen, but I've never heard it until now. So maybe yeah. my brain's forming it right or wrong. I don't know. Yeah, ISO, ISO this, ISO that. I've got, I'm in an ISO mood, I can imagine. You know, it's it feels productive, nice and short, descriptive. So I like that one a lot. And on their shortlist, they had PPE, uh, R numbers. They talked about the medicalization of language. PPE oh, they and R, R numbers. Number. As well, oh, that's not fun, but you know. <laughs> and bubble, bubble, bubble has a whole different yeah. meaning now, doesn't it? Yeah. So that was Australia. Would where? Which which side of the pond would you like to jump on next? We've got the UK, very productive, and we've got um USA. Let's go US first. Let's go US. Okay. The American Dialect Society, they come up with the list of lists. They've got a really, really long list with a big press release and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to run through them all because you, you actually don't want a 14-hour podcast. I'm just going to go with their word of the year, their word of the year, easy, simple, it was COVID. Right. I'm reading the thing now and it says a year ago the word COVID didn't even exist. But hang on, it's COVID-19. So surely there's been 18 COVIDs before COVID-19. No, no, it's named after... 2019 yeah 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 but it's COVID-19 and he says a year ago the word COVID didn't even exist but the word COVID that just means something virus something, yeah, it's, it means it? coronavirus disease that's it so, so coronavirus disease 19 because it's yeah. 2019 yeah oh not the 19th no it's not the 19th coronavirus but they've had coronaviruses before surely yeah they were called other things they were called like SARS and MERS and things they weren't called it was never called coronavirus which I thought was weird as well because it's like do you remember right at the start of the pandemic when there was lots of people going aha 
Dettol created the coronavirus because the Dettol bottle says on it, if you clean with Dettol, it gets rid of coronaviruses. And it's because the coronavirus as a concept existed before, yeah. but COVID didn't. Like, we never had the word for the disease that's caused by the coronavirus, apparently. Okay. So, okay, interesting. We have had, like, SARS I, or whatever. I've got SARS. Yeah. Swine flu. Now I think about it, it yeah, the COVID-19, it was 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And another really nice and productive word as well. So they I said like, I do, you get COVID I vaccine, COVID, COVID crisis. Yeah, I use COVID. I, yeah, I say COVID and I say corona coronavirus feels too long yeah i say rona feels a little bit too playful mm. but yeah i like I, covid i say coronavirus when i speak german but i don't say it in english i just I like if i'm talking about the disease i say covid mm. um and like yesterday i was talking to my chatting to my neighbor who has a little baby and she said lyrad covid um so it's it's just how we talk about like i feel like that's how we talk about it now Except the yoga teacher who says he's got the Rona. <laughs> I have heard people say I've got the Rona, but only on the internet. So that was, um, I think, most most of the English-speaking world. Oh, no, no, we, we've got the UK. My apologies, we've got the UK. Right, so I'm skating by the USA, but there's, there's lots and lots and lots and lots because their list is so big. So American Dialect Society, do check it out. They've got a technology word of the year, which I think was doom scrolling, And they've got a, this word of the year, but we've got other languages too. So let's quickly skip to the UK. I've got so many UK like different dictionaries. Uh, I wanted to start with Collins. Uh, Collins, word of the year. What's uh, can you come up with other Rona related? Oh, okay. So it's not COVID, Corona. We've had bubble. We've talked about um, hands, face, space. When the crowd say bow selector, <laughs> another really, really British thing. Funnily enough, no one picked up on that, except you will hear a version of it in the foreign language section. Oh, okay. Mm, I know, a bit okay. of a teaser. Yeah. Um, the Collins word of the year, 2020, lockdown. Uh, I mean, we like, got it. We didn't have that. We had that word before, but it was just unimaginable. Yeah. It's a word that kind of existed only in zombie movies mm. and the blue song, Fly By. Ah! <laughs> the blue song, Fly By? Yes. Do you know the bit da, I mean? Da, where da, like. Da, da. Got the CD on lockdown. Oh. Hands high on my fly by, fly by. I never really knew what it meant when I was a kid singing that. You just kind of thought everyone was like thinking, yeah, blue are really cool. That's what the city was doing. I don't know. I never, I never really thought about it until this year. So yeah, lockdown. Well, lockdown. lockdown. Got the city on lockdown. I did not, I didn't even know that. I was looking for a video there to put in the show notes, but I can't find it. So listeners, you'll have to do your own research. I into... will send you a video, Kirsten, so you've got one for the show notes. <laughs> we are not missing out on a chance to put the boy band Blue into the Fluent Show show notes. Anything. We've nope. had Sean Paul. Blue can follow. It's good. Early 2000s. Um, the short list from Collins, and I would recommend everybody click on the Collins link in the show notes because they've done all these lovely, like really pretty isolation, uh, isolations, illustrations. Jeez. They've done all these nice illustrations of uh, their words of the year shortlist, and it's really fun to look at. Okay. Uh, COVID related, we have coronavirus, 
key worker, I think ah. quite quite British. Yeah. Um, furlough. Yes. Didn't know what that meant. Don't think that's in a pop song, a circa early 2000s. I knew what it, no, I didn't know what it, obviously I didn't know what it meant, what it was coming to mean, um, but I have heard it used in Orange is the New Black, so I knew it's part of prison vocabulary. If you get a day out of prison and then you have to go back to prison. Can I be brutally honest as well about furlough? Go on. I still don't know how you spell it. F-U-R-L-O-U-G-H. God, it's like a British village. (laughs) What Ah, is that? Living in furlough. (laughs) (laughs) Next to COVID town. (laughs) Maybe one day. Um, They also had social distancing, which is a thing that... Okay. They they did mention that some people, you know, want to do one extra and talk about it as physical distancing, whatever. But social distancing, I think that's really made it into the language. Like I've had friends asking if I want to come out for a socially distanced this and that and also i think that's one that will last because a lot of people who maybe normally would spend time inside kind of use that as a bit of a joke like i've been socially distancing since 2011 or whatever you know i've been joking that that the introverts invented coronavirus honestly no Like, stop being excited that you're in the house. <laughs> um, oh, and there's one more COVID-related word. Um, again, quite British, I think. Self-isolate. Self-isolate. Which they call okay. quarantine in lots of other countries, like self-quarantine mm-hmm. or quarantine. Um, but self-isolate is, yeah, in the UK, it's kind of when you when you think you've got the disease, you keep away from everybody else, including people in your house. There were a few words that described other things as well. And one really, really important one, um, they didn't choose Black Lives Matter, but they chose BLM. Oh, interesting. Maybe with a nod to the internet and the hashtag BLM, don't know. Mm, but, mm. but it said BLM. Really lovely illustration where there's like all these lovely, like it, people taking a knee and it looks really good. I'm so curious why the, does it talk about why the like acronym and not the words? Mm, let's have a quick look. I don't f- think so because it just clicks through to the definition. So for the shortlist, it doesn't go into big detail. Yeah. It just says BLM in British English, abbreviation for Black Lives Matter. So it might be that in British in particular, people went with BLM. Don't know. Uh, hmm. That's the, yeah, that's BLM. And another word, and I'd forgotten about this completely, um, but it's such a good portmanteau, uh, Lindsay. Okay. Mexit. 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 So M-E-G-X-I-T. It does feel, it's about a year ago, um, which refers, of course, to, it's sort of a play on Brexit, where everybody knows what Brexit is now. Um, And Mexit is when Meghan Markle and Prince Harry decided that they would withdraw from royal duties um they sort of went we're gonna not long no longer be prince harry and Meghan, as you know us we're gonna be very low-key minor royal figures with a spotify and a netflix deal mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's mm. it <laughs> it's still gonna be celebrities not to hark back to our celebrity news distraction section but <laughs> um i've just started watching the circle usa which i think is the season that if you're in the us you will have seen last year because it's just arrived on Netflix here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And they did this little game where they had to describe like a famous person and one person got Meghan Markle. They didn't know who Meghan Markle was because the person that got her said, 
got married in Windsor Castle. They're like, oh, I don't know. No one knew Meghan Markle in the US. I was really surprised. So I can kind of see now, maybe that's why they moved there. Um, there was something else I wanted to say. Okay, this is a question that I hope someone listening might be able to help answer if Kirsten, if you're like me and you're kind of like, who curious, I don't know. You know, like Brexit and then Mexit. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about kind of in between those years of those two words existing, they talk about things like there's going to be a Frexit and a Grexit. Mm-hmm. When a portmanteau is first made, because I think Grexit came before Brexit, mm-hmm. right? It did, yeah. So when it's first made, does it then become like one section of that word? Does that become like almost like a portmanteau root more commonly? Is there any like statistics of this in like? Well, it's certainly, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Um, any dictionary editors listening, please write in. That's really fascinating. Yeah. I think, I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. I can, I, I can imagine that in the next few years we might play around with Rona because that's at the front of our minds. Yeah. And yeah. you wouldn't have the word Mexit without the word Brexit. Exactly. No exactly. way. Because it wouldn't even work, right? It doesn't make so sense. They, yeah. they relate, they refer to each other. So I think there's something, I think you're right that that like a wordplay begets a wordplay <laughs> in a way. Ah, it's fascinating. Interesting. Let's see what happens with Karen. Maybe yeah. people will become like super Karen or mega Karen or Karenistic. Who knows? Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, I've got two more words from the Collins shortlist, which I, I really love this shortlist. Uh, TikToker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still, I nope, sorry, you won't find me on there. Yeah, same. I'm too old for that. <laughs> and mm, uh, this is, I have never heard this. Do you know what this is? Muck, muckborrow. A mukbang. What? Muk, A mukbang? It said muck, am I misreading this? M-U-K-B-O-R-O. B-O-R-O. I'm going to look it up again. Oh no, Mukbano, Mukbano, I wrote it down wrong. A Mukbang. Is that a G? Yeah. Okay, that's how little I know about this word, because I've never, ever, (laughs) ever, what, what? (laughs) Okay, And then it says, a video webcast in which the host eats a large quantity of food for the entertainment of viewers. Yeah, do you know where the word comes from? It looks like Indonesian or something. It's Korean. It's Korean. Mm, mm. I'm intrigued that that's on the... UK word of the year list. Wow. Mukbang. BTS, you've done it again. I literally, this is just alien to me. I've no idea what any, what, I, I, that's not my world. But no, it, it was in, it was a one, UK word of the year shortlist. So that's sure amazing, right? Me, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Now, Oxford just went with, do you know what? No way. We're not doing word of the year. We're just doing a massive report. So if you want to download a report from Oxford where Party they talk about poopers. how, it's words of an unprecedented year feel free to do so (laughs) they they, they weren't playing last year um one thing that that i sort of spotted on their site that i thought was really interesting was variants of lockdown yeah and what it can be called in different places so lockdown mostly a uk expression uh in the usa do you know what lockdown what they said for lockdown did they say quarantine they said shelter in place Oh, I've never heard that. Okay. I feel like there's an earthquake coming or something with that. I think it comes from that. It's like when a hurricane comes or something, Ah. you're supposed to. But I always feel like shelter in place, to me, that sounds like stop everything you're doing, erect a tent. 
yeah, like get under the table or get in something or under something yeah, where you are. Very dramatic to do to be doing wow. for a month, like living under a table. So shelter in place, but for, for the USA, it does it obviously is common usage. A circuit breaker, apparently, UK and Singapore use this. Ah, uh, yeah. So a circuit breaker is when you do an early lockdown in order to prevent higher case numbers later, which yeah. the UK talked about a lot and then never did. I think Singapore probably did better. Did this one a little more effectively. Do you know what MCO stands for? MCO. MCO. Is it like mandatory something order? It's movement control order. Oh, oh, okay. One out of three. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Well done. And the other one, interesting. In English. Wait. In English. I guess Malaysia speaks English. Has an official English usage. It's one of the official languages, I guess. Hmm. Okay, curious, curious. Um, I I think Malaysia is... I I don't think of Malaysia as purely English-speaking, of course, but having worked at universities, I know that we didn't have language requirements for a lot of people from Malaysia who went to full-time education there. Mm. And then the other ones who used uh, an English um, acronym is the Philippines, where it was called ECQ. ECQ. Well, and this is English, is it? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... um, Endless Corona quarantine. <laughs> That's how it feels, right? <laughs> it's 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 official word. Um, enhanced community quarantine. Enhanced community quarantine. Okay. Yeah. So there we are. Lockdown around the world and um, lots more of that kind of stuff and the language of COVID nineteen in the Oxford report, which of course I've linked as well. Um, and Cambridge. I've got a short and simple one. Their word of the year was quarantine. Uh huh. Bish, bash, bosh. Now we're coming out of the English-speaking world. I have got news or words of the year. Let me do a timestamp. We're an hour in. We're finally speaking about language other other than English. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Fluent Show. Um, I've got Germany, where they've got another, like, a cool shortlist. I've got Spanish. I've got Danish, Swedish, and Japanese kanji. I couldn't find a French word of the year. I could only find this word, this page that said, oh, vote now for the word of the year. Um, and so I've only got candidates for France, French. Um, so take your pick or would you like me to just run through the list? Go for it. Run through the list. Let's start uh, en France. Their words of the year, COVID. No big okay. surprise. Uh, bulle sociale. Bulle sociale. Bulle sociale. Bulle sociale. Ah, oh, social bubble. Social bubble. Uh, déconfinement. Like confinement? Yeah, déconfinement, I guess. Like, yeah. Quarantine, Isolation. lockdown, something like that. Yeah. And distance, distanciel or distancier. Oh, s- social distance. Yes, yes. Mm. And then they also had la distanciation sociale. Oh, okay. So like a real social. lengthy one. I can see why they went with the first. Yeah, distanciel. <laughs> um, my favorite yeah. out of that is boule sociale, definitely. Boule I like that word. Mm. Uh, in Japan, it's uh, again a kanji of the year, and the kanji of the year is mitsu. Mi- mitsu. I've never learned Japanese. Um, also known as san mitsu, um, and mitsu means can be translated apparently to closeness. So they had oh. a thing where san mitsu is three. So because san is free, so san mitsu is three things that you're supposed to avoid, and they're all C. Well, I guess in, when you translate into English, they're all see confined spaces, crowded places, and close contact settings. 
Oh, okay. But apparently people say Mitsu, meaning closeness, also can refer, or people were also using it to refer to cozy stay-at-home closeness right. with... Oh, that's a cool... Yeah, I like that. Your social bubble. It, it's, yeah, it's kind of got... It's got some shade. I like that one. So that was the kanji of the year. Now, in Spanish, the um, DRE... DRE... Diccio, oh, Diccionario... No, DLE. Sorry, I can't read my own handwriting today. DLE, uh -huh. Diccionario de Lengua Español. Um, I think this is Spain Spanish. Um, but I really like... I'm just going to give you some words um, with a wildcard, real wildcard word in there. Uh, word of the year, pandemia. Okay. Um, Pandemic. Yes. Then there's cuarentena. Quarantine. Confinamiento. Oh, like confinement, isolation. Yeah. Desinfectante. Ooh. To, oh, to disinf like disinfect. Disinfectant, right? Like Disinfectant. Hand gel and all that stuff. I thought that was a really good one. Uh, mascarilla. A mask, face mm -hmm. mask. Uh, now, I hope I'm saying this right. Crisis. I can't do the R. Crisis. Crisis. Like that? Like a crisis. Yeah, cr crisis. I can't roll my R after a C, so. No, me neither. Cr crisis. crisis. Um, and here's the wild card. Go on. <laughs> Maradona. Oh, wow. <laughs> he died so late in the year as well. I know. It, it had a real impact. Wow. It had wow. a real impact. Maradona. Um, this is all from the Yabla blog. So uh, they have a really good summary and they've got uh, examples of each word in use because it's a language learning kind of blog and their Spanish one is just on point. It's really good. Um, so yeah, that was, that was that. Now let's switch into the Germanic languages, Germanic language world. Uh, first of all, Germany. Their word of the year was Corona Pandemie. Okay, Corona pandemic. Yeah, Corona pandemic. And it's Corona... I love this because they're so guessable this year. <laughs> it is true. Uh, <laughs> corona dash. Uh, corona, so like, uh, yeah, ah. dash, bindestrich. Pandemie, so you, you have to... It's not one word. Now, other words. And again, remember, these are all in German. And Germans obviously use a lot of English. Uh, lockdown. Yeah. Just straight up, loan word. Um, and then there is Verschwörungserzählung. Hmm. Which is Corona related, and I think it's very point, point, poignant, point, fitting <laughs> for 2021 <laughs> for 2020. Verschwörung is so schwören is to to swear to do like a vow. Uh, Verschwörung okay. is fair is always when something is the nature of it's like a prefix for when the nature of something has changed, and sometimes when it's almost like turned on its head. So Verschwörung means conspiracy. Oh, yeah, and Erzählung is like. It's not quite a fairy tale, but it's sort of like, it's a story. So it's like a conspiracy tale, conspiracy story. Um, and when I was reading about why did they choose this word, it's not just because of Corona, which obviously is caused by Bill Gates and 5G or whatever. Um, I do not believe this. And it's also because of Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. They're like name check Donald Trump as a, you know, someone who perpetuated a few conspiracy theories. Just a few. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Verschwörungserzählung made it quite high in the German list. Um, wow. And yeah, they've, they've had their share of um, not jobs on protests. And I'm, I'm not particularly impressed. Aus Deutschland? Yeah, aus Deutschland. Mm. I was really freaked out because when, um, this is very news relevant, so I'll keep it very short. Um, I was really freaked out when the American Capitol building was stormed by a protest mob. 
well, no, let's not call it protest. Domestic terrorists. Yes, yeah, words words have power. Um, by mm. a lot of angry, unreasonable people. Because recently they tried that in Berlin. They tried to storm the Reichstag oh, last wow. year in the summer. I didn't know that. One of those anti-lockdown protests. Um, so that kind of freaked me out. Because <laughs> I don't want this to become like a habit. Moving on, in mm. the German, so Verschwörungserzählung, uh, which had power in Germany. And then there's Black Lives Matter. This time, all three words, not BLM, but Black Lives and Matter. In English as well. In English, in the English language. Interesting. Interesting. I guess you could say, I don't think there's a good translation even. Yeah. Schwarze Leben. We don't like saying. You don't say it in some languages, right? Mm. It's, yeah. 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 No, I, I, I don't know. Um, I've had this conversation before um, on the show about the, the word race and how Germans are uncomfortable with using the word Rasse because it's got Nazi connotations. Right. Right. So we, we don't say that particular word. Oh, no. History. So Black Lives Matter. And then, aha. So the letters H-A-H-A, aha, huh? which stands for Abstand, meaning distance, Hygiene, hygiene. And Alltagsmaske, everyday mask. In other words, oh. hands face face. When the crowd say bo selector, <laughs> hands face face. Hands yes. face face, which is uh, for, for, again, for our non-British listeners, that's what, uh, the, that's what became the slogan. Hands face face, wash your hands, keep some space, do something with your face. Oh, put a mask on your face. Um, mm. Yeah, so Abstand, Hygiene, Alltagsmaske in German. And then there is Systemrelevant. Some, mm, something relevant yeah system system Sis relevant system mm, system system relevant when you're relevant to the system it's how germans describe uh key workers <gasps> oh 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 that, oh i don't like that you're relevant to the system so you're relevant if you're to not the system. A, if you're not a systems relevant then you're irrelevant suppose oh puts you in your place you oh, office worker sitting so at icky. home, bacon sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very uh, brutal. That I thought it was—I don't know—I thought it was nice and descriptive. It was, was, was very, very practical. Uh, so this team relevant um, triage. So triage. Okay, a bit of a sad one. Um, and then this one I thought was really good: Geisterspiele. Uh, I, I, uh, Geist, Geist, ghost, ghost play game. Ghost games. Ghost games. Oh, what? Like playing a Zoom quiz? No. <laughs> no, it's when the, that's what they call the football games. When the football games oh. came back and you know how football games are now being played with no, no crowd. Yeah. In German, German, the German Bundesliga came back first before most other football leagues. And then they, they called them Geisterspiele, ghost games. Wow. It's good. Good. I really like that. It's a good word. That's fun. Um, and then we have Gender Sternchen. So the gender used the English word gender and Sternchen is a little star, an asterisk. Oh. And it's because I think in German, so again, I have to look this kind of stuff up. Ilaria Baldwin and I, I, I get her. Um, it's because when you say, when you often refer to something, say you've got the German with a teacher, Lehrer, there's a feminine version of it, which is Lehrerin. And often mm. now, sometimes you will see... I don't know. I don't think it's like how people do it. Like people have for ages and ages and ages. Like this is since I was in school in the nineties. Um, we didn't think about transgender issues at the time so much, but 
like the world didn't but we were idiots humans are idiots so my apologies um but in the 90s it was already like how how do we express that there is women can do this job too sort of a mm. thing women can have this role too and then it became more and more less like this in and for a long time you would see a word and then the letters in with the i as a capital in the word and apparently again i I don't read enough German, uh, contemporary German for this. Um, in news, it's now with a little star. Oh, right. So they will they will put like maybe the star and then still put the in in there, and still put the in. Yeah, and what I have also seen is they will put a name. They will put maybe something like um, assistant. No, that's not. That's genderable. I don't know. They, they'll put a word, put the male version, but then, because it's shortest, and then in brackets, it'll say M-W-N. What does that mean? I think it's neutral. Oh, okay. Huh. M-W-N. Huh. So, you, your choice. If, you, if you're if you non-binary, you can... It, this, I mean, it's, it's your choice anyway. But, yeah, anyway... The whole how do we how do we manage this and how does language reflect this is obviously yeah. still a thing that goes on in Germany. Yeah. And they've got one last phrase, which apparently has become a greeting in Germany, bleiben Sie gesund, which means stay healthy. Oh, okay. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> bleiben Sie gesund. I'll say that at the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, okay, we're nearly at the end. I've got a little bit more of Denmark and Sweden. Um, which is difficult for me because I can't pronounce any of these languages in any good way. So in Swedish, the word of the year is Corona. It's kind of Corona, but then also Corona. And I think they mean Corona as a word stem that you can do a lot of stuff with. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then in, in Danish, the Dansk Spronen. Spronen came up with the word of the year and I really like this and it's maybe a good one to end on it is Samfunsind 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 uh, which means or translates to community spirit okay that's nice yeah so maybe a little bit back to that old um, you know the conversation we had when Corona kicked off about solidarity and how yeah. solidarity is a good word to have. And that was before we all descended into calling each other Karens and COVIDiots. Um, yeah. We're still all in this together. We still can't escape all of this. So some sind I thought was lovely. And what's even lovelier is they don't just have a word of the year. They've also got a sign of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. in sign language, their sign of the year is the sign for Corona. Right. Wow. And their nominees also included Alburhilsen, which is elbow okay. greeting. Elbow greeting? Elbow greeting. Greeting. Oh. Elbow greeting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone's rolling up their sleeves doing DIY. Trapped yeah. Home. So those were, those were roughly the words of the year. We could go on forever and ever. And listeners, don't forget um, to check out all the show notes, fluent.show slash 202. You will get links to dozens and dozens of word of the year and the wonderful also lengthy words of the year 
Words of the Week of the Year 2020 episode of the Because Language podcast that we look up to. Um, they also stayed in the English-speaking world, didn't do quite as much on the international as we did, but it's a really lovely angle and you'll get even better Australian perspectives and all that kind of stuff. So the Words of the Week of the Year episode by Because Language. Now, I've got a few words that I wrote down that I kind of learned last year and that kind of stood out to me in 2020 and I couldn't find them on any of these lists. Oh, maybe those are, they're not my personal words of the year, but remember last year we talked about what was your personal word of the year? So if you had to, for yourself, Lindsay's word of the year 2020, think of one or two. What do you think would make your list? Oh. Honestly, I think 2020 would be the word. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because it became such a catch-all, didn't it? Of mm. like, if something went wrong, you'd be like, oh man, 2020. Yeah. And you, you, it, you could then give it like this personality of like, oh, 2020, what are you doing to me? That's like, true. You know, so I think 2020 would be my word of 2020. I like that. 2020. It's, yeah, it speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking my word of the year for my own would be home. Ah. Because we moved house and I stayed at home all year. <laughs> and I didn't get yeah. to go home to Germany. Oh, yeah. So it kind of, I don't know, it it it, it had a particular, it played its own, same, same like you, it, it was a character in my life, was home. Yeah. Big, yeah, big, big deal. Okay, so a few words that I learned last year that in the English language, or the, I don't, don't, don't think they were invented all last year, and I don't think I love all of these. Um, but okay, so something I learned and I didn't know what it meant before is TERF, T-E-R-F. I guess an acronym? Yes, as an acronym. Oh, okay. And I that's JK Rowling that related. Oh, okay. So something to do with trans. Mm -hmm. I think it stands when... for Trans Exclusionary Revolutionary Feminist. Oh, okay. So someone who maybe in among feminist circles, which I guess are sort of you'd think would align themselves to the trans the, any any kind of movement for trans acceptance if we need a movement for that geez yeah maybe we i wish we didn't but we do so anyway so a revolutionary feminist so someone who do who does want to like smash the patriarchy in theory but who has views on whether a transgender woman is is woman enough or whatever um that mm. people have used People people use the word turf now to to describe such a Again, such a person of views like that. Yeah, when you give something like that a name, it then becomes ah, that, it's easier to spot, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to go like all the way to like call out culture and all that. You know, you don't want to no. get internet mob, but certainly, but yeah. recognize. I mean, you can mm -hmm. you can recognize that as a character or as a as a trait or as a behavior yeah you can sort of when, spot when the pattern, it then right? has yeah when it then has a, a name mm -hmm. which is the power of karen when it's used yeah, in that like exactly. racial context so turf um for me also something that i would have never thought would be a thing and something that i'm kind of glad has a name now is zoom fatigue <laughs> people like us who've worked online for years like it, it's not new to us um, but I felt like it was nice to have a word for to describe how you feel after a day of zooming. Yeah, 
Is that what it is? Zoom fatigue. I've heard that used, yeah. I thought it was like, well, not necessarily like after a day of work of like Zooming, but like, oh, you've got a Zoom quiz at six and then tomorrow someone's invited you for Zoom drinks and then the next day you've got to go to a Zoom christening. I don't know. Is that, <laughs> was that also or is that like a different thing, but the still No, I think Zoom that's fatigue? the same thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. So if like yesterday I had a call in the afternoon and a call in the morning and then in the evening I had two hours of Welsh class. Yeah. And all of that was on video chat and that just it just takes it out of you after a while. Yeah. It's the fact that social life in addition to working life has all become video chat now. Become the same place. Yeah. 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 It's hard. Um something else that I learned about that I wanted to mention here because I think it for me this was a shocker. Um and it's I don't know if they say it like this in America, but I I kind of phrased it as this which was police militarization right so i thought about this and i didn't want to put i didn't want to think police brutality because that wasn't the surprise that wasn't the surprise of the year it was the i didn't realize the extent um and i don't want to get too political or whatever um but it kind of it's like an escalation of the gun debate but like in America, something I didn't know is when they had surplus army gear, uh-huh. it went to the police. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're like driving around in tanks in some places, apparently. That's insane. That is insane. Yeah. So police militarization for me was a like, what? Because we're in Europe, you know, and the police will come and, I don't know, have a nice chat with you. Mm. Don't carry, in this country, they don't carry firearms, right? Mm. It's very different. It's just a different world. Uh, no judgment. Okay, maybe a bit. Um, and the last word that I thought was new uh, for me, and again, I don't know. It's kind of people have opinions. And I don't know. If, I don't know if it's going to stay, but it certainly uh, comes from a specific place with good intentions. Uh, was BIPOC? Ah. Do you use this? Do you have views? Should we no. have views? Uh, I don't use it. I don't use it because I feel like it's very it's it's black indigenous people of color right yeah very different experiences and also not only a different experience between a black person and an indigenous person and a person of color which in itself is kind of like so you're gonna like actively call out this group this group and then everyone else yeah right like it's much worse than the british bame which already has issues it's yeah i was gonna come to that right because that to me also is the same line kind of like yeah i see the intention but and and also like i'm not mad if people want to use that that's not my place to be mad but i don't feel like i want to use that myself because i do feel that it's kind of a bit too overarching for quite different experiences i imagine i i also don't want to like i personally wouldn't use it so i've recently advertised for a for a va so sort of i've treated it like i've got a vacancy at fluent it's gonna be great um so i really went out and wrote a job description and all that and i thought about this i thought how you know how do i phrase what i want to say um and in the end i i phrased it as i want more diversity i've got a commitment to diversity i want more like i use the word diversity and i have people i've heard people use that um, and and it kind of comes to the heart of what what you mean really, which is you want different voices, different life experiences. It's what what's behind women in language, the conference we organize. It's it's all about that. So 
I feel comfortable with diversity. I would never yeah. use BIPOC also because then I would think that only refers to Americans because it's indigenous, yeah. indigenous to, it's not indigenous to everywhere, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a local yeah. word. I also like diversity because I feel for a word, it, it's, it's quite, it, it's a nice, yeah, I like diversity. I don't know mm. how I can describe it. Well, it doesn't call out any specific, but I don't know. Yeah, like that's, maybe, that's maybe some people would really want us to be more explicit, um, which is that. But at the same time, I've heard I've heard black friends in the USA say, "Well, I know I'm B, but what the heck is IPOC, right?" So it's not. Yeah, it doesn't come necessarily out of a specific community that would be affected, and oi, oi, oi. it's a bit like gender sternchen, isn't it? Like there's a sort of current like undercurrent in the words of the year every here and there where where there isn't like the huge wave of covid of course on the top but there's this little like undercurrent in some of them not actually in the usa or well i don't know in the usa not actually in the british ones at all but this is like we're trying to find the right language the kind of inclusion of diversity it's mm -hmm. it's a lot to navigate and it's like And and the thing is, there's always words like even just. Have you watched the history of swear words on Netflix? Not yet, no. Ah, you know about it. You got it on the list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Like they're talking about. I won't give us an explicit label at this late in the podcast, but they're talking about like the B word, right? The mm -hmm. one that also means female dog, mm -hmm. and saying how like the difference between when a woman says it to a woman versus when mm -hmm. like all the all the men they spoke to were like, oh, I'd never use that word. I, I wouldn't want to, and et cetera, et cetera. And it's that, isn't it? Like maybe it's not a case of you need one word or one catchall phrase because there are words that some people, it's, it's different when, some, when one person says it to another. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm. It's different when one person says it to another. Yeah. When yeah, one person think, says it versus another person saying it. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that. I can see that. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because we, like, I think diversity and inclusion, and I've even heard of it as, like, D&I in corporate in, in environments, is fairly non-questioned. But then it's when we specifically want to say people who are affected by being usually excluded how do we phrase that and we just don't know yet we, yeah. yes we're, we're working on it and not everybody's working on it for for sure you know not the verschwörungspeople um but it's it's an ongoing like it's an ongoing debate it's an ongoing development and i look forward actually to seeing whether the 2021 words of the year pick pick up more of this yeah because it's interesting like we've as we've been talking and saying about like karen and turf and how like as soon as something gets a word or a name mm. or like an acronym like that it then becomes very easy to to recognize and to identify yeah. much more clearly but then does that also divide in some way when there's suddenly a label we've talked before on the podcast definitely about like digital nomad and like mm. vegan mm. and stuff like that and it's like I don't and like multilingual. Those. That was a really big one. That was a big one. Yeah, like I don't like those labels because it's like I'm multiple. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I think I think it would really help for companies, etc. At least to have 
something to signal but at the same time it's never just about the word right so then we get to the next bit of like it's more it's more than just the word <laughs> you can't yeah. just say we're committed to diversity what are you actually doing oh yeah yeah okay i'm parking all of this for a future podcast Ooh. and we're going to draw the line of the words of the year and celebrity news <laughs> edition <laughs> welcome back to Fluent show after the hiatus. Lindsay, it's so much fun having you back on the show. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been and a pleasure. Let's do the sign off then. It is goodbye from me. Goodbye. Bleiben Sie gesund. And goodbye from Lindsay Williams. Tschüss. Bleiben Sie gesund. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.